Hey, Wolfpack Nation, it is Scott Wood with Scott Wood's One Man Wolfpack. Very special episode. Last week, we were able to kind of go through NC State, what we thought, you know, their expectations and go player by player and get a feel for that. Now, Paul Biancardi is now here. Coach recruited me while he was at St. Louis with, with Rick Majerus. Uh, it's been quite some time since I've been able to see him, uh, I guess not technically in person, but but in person. So we're going to kind of go over some some ACC preview get to know uh, the ACC a little bit. It's not necessarily my strong suit, obviously the, the Dukes, the Carolinas and things like that, you know, I'm able to, to understand, but he'll, he'll be much better at kind of going through this as well. So welcome to the show coach. All right, Scotty. Good to see you again. I'm still getting over the rejection, but uh, I'm, I, I moved on. <laughs> I'm sorry about, Oh, I can promise you all my NC state uh, fans are glad I ended up where I ended up. That's I know. <laughs> So before we move on, let me tell you guys a little bit about our partners over at Bet River Sportsbook. If you haven't signed up with Bet Rivers yet, now's the time because they're offering $250 match bonus for your first deposit. But what sets them apart is that they require just one play through your turn to your, turn your bonus into cash money. With their new rush pay instant approval, withdrawing your winnings is safer, more secure, and more reliable. With basketball season tipping off, get in the action by going to betrivers.com today or by downloading the Bet Rivers iOS app. Must be 21 years or older. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. So we'll kind of fire it up. Obviously, Duke is the one that gets, you know, all the talk. And then we got Florida State, UNC, Virginia. Kind of go through your expectation for the ACC, because obviously preseason rank, you know, matters what happens at the end. So Kind of go through a little bit of this and, and, and what you think and how the ACC is going to shape out and how it compares to, you know, some other conferences out there. Yeah, well, first of all, it's strong again. It's always going to be strong with 15. We'll try to push to the top. And then the top trying to see how potent they are offensively yep. with, with Kales and, and Bancaro. But to me, Scott, I want to mention it. Theo John, man, he yeah. can play on my team anytime. I mean, yeah. that's the enforcer, the rim protector. He calls out screens. He blocks out. He does all the things you want in a post play. I, I think he's going to be key for them all season long. Jeremy Roach made a big improve. will make a big improvement from freshman to sophomore year. Yep. Most guards and players, as you know, do I think Duke is the real deal offensively uh, with great versatility? You know, how much will they guard? They, they guarded really well against Kentucky for a team that that's still relatively young. Yeah. So I, I think they're a team at the top and obviously they're, they may be playing more uh, for than ju just themselves. Right. With Coach K yep. going out. Yep. We all know how coaches can be. Don't play for me. It's not about me. And it, it, it's not but the players are going to feel that. And I think they're going to take that to heart. And I think that's going to carry them through some games. And quite frankly, I think it carried them through Kentucky. I, I think the players knew that yeah. that was a big game for coach K and, and they delivered in a big time way. When you look at the rest of the ACC, I mean, in my, in my mind, it's, it's, it's Duke, it's Florida state, it's no. North Carolina. Carolina's um, third in the preseason. Then we got Virginia, Virginia tech, Louisville, Syracuse, Notre Dame, NC State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, Miami, Wake, and Pitt, and Boston College in that order. Yeah. Um, I, I see North Carolina in, in okay. the top. I see Florida State. Virginia will get there in time. Obviously, they took a tough L against Navy. 
Yeah. Uh, they're still trying to find themselves as most teams are like Duke is still trying to find themselves, but they get some answers until yeah. they find themselves. Uh, you know, you got to get in a rhythm. You got to get in cohesiveness as you know, come January. And then that grind of January and February, it, it's like, it's two months. It seems like it's six months, right? Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, I mean, the, the one thing I keep telling everybody is, you know, NC state's a younger team, obviously Duke's a younger team. Virginia has, has had some turnover there. UNC has some some newcomers as well. I mean, it's it's a process. Coaches are still trying to figure out rotations. I mean, uh, I tell everybody, you know, practices are great. Like that's like you practice like you play. There's no doubt about it. But when you're going up against the same five guys in practice, you get to know their tendencies and some things like that. It, it's not easy because they know your tendencies as well. But as soon as you step into a game, now you're going up against somebody completely different. You've got a different scout. You know, you've got maybe two, three days that you're preparing for a guy that you're going to guard, learning what he wants to do with the basketball. So there's going to be, you know, even Virginia losing the Navy. I mean, there's going to be some lumps early on. Uh, but it's like you said, once you get in that middle of the season, you're really going to start to see where these teams really are. And if this, you know, this preseason ranking is really where it ends up. Well, I, th I think one thing to make note of, Scotty, is that this year in college basketball, maybe the oldest year we have of college basketball because of all the kids coming back from COVID, whether yep. they came back to their teams, and I'm talking more so the mid-majors, some yep. of the high majors, but guys that have come back that were seniors, now they're 23, maybe yep. 24, uh, maybe they transferred to different schools. So there, there's a lot of older players in college basketball, and I think that is going to create some of the upsets that we see early. You know, Navy, an experienced team. Obviously, you're playing a, a, an academy team. They're going to be, you know, disciplined and, yeah. and drilled real well. And Virginia, new transfers. Um, obviously, yep. they have Gardner. They have the young man from Indiana, Franklin. Mm -hmm. Backcourt still trying to find themselves with, with Beekman and Kihei Clark. And we use those words, find themselves, get in a rhythm. You know, and I know from practice, it takes a while to become a cohesive unit. You need, yep. you need to get tested in some games. You need to go back to practice. You need to watch some film. You got to yep. learn how to digest scouting reports. And, and kids that are freshmen or maybe transfers, they don't know the language of that yeah. new program. So there's a lot to do. And we say it's a long season. You start to see the, the fruits of the labor, I think, comes January. Yeah, for sure. So let's, let's kind of dive into what I'd call the – not not bottom middle, but the bottom middle. So you got, you know, Syracuse, Notre Dame, NC State, Georgia Tech, Clemson, kind of in that area. If you had to take one of those teams that you feel like can creep up and get into that middle lower half, who would it be? Notre Dame. Notre Dame. Well coached. I can promise you that. That was one of my favorite visits was going there. <laughs> uh, Jared, uh, what's his last name? Jared Jones. Jared Jones, who um, ended up going to Ball State. He actually got hurt on the visit there, was playing there. He actually uh, tore his ACL. We're playing pickup. Tore his ACL, was on the visit there. And I think when that happened, it just scared me of Notre Dame. So that's probably part oh, of the reason why I ended up not going there. It just scared me because I was still pretty young. But um, that, that's, one, that's one thing that I can guarantee is they're, they're going to be well coached. So kind of talk about them. Why are they one of the ones that you think will creep up? experience that, that junior class last year that would they were trying to get over the hump now they're all those guys are back um they got good young players i just think the experience when i look at four seniors that are all been really good players yeah. there's a time when a team is going to break out 
You don't know it as a coach. You don't know when that breakout game is going to be for the individual. You don't know your breakout season. But the way Mike Bray runs his program, he really relies on those older kids that have taken their lumps as freshmen and sophomores. I mean, they, they got beat up physically. Yeah. Um, you know, they took some L's. They had a tough, couple of tough seasons. So, you know, they're at the bottom of the mountain. Now I see them climbing the mountain. And I, and I like their team. And I think that they're going to be a surprise team this year in the ACC. Okay, perfect. All right, so now we got to get into the bottom. This this might be a little harder to pick, but um, oh, my wife's getting a call. Let me exit it out. There we go. We'll blame that one on her. So we got the Miami Wake Pitt Boston College. Do you see any of them being able to creep up? Miami would be the one. Okay. In my mind, though, though, I do love what Earl Grant is doing at BC. It's going to take him a couple of years. He's recruited very well in his first uh, full recruiting class at Boston College. And that's a place that I used to work at. I spent seven years. And when I was there, we were in the Big East. We won yep. the Big East championship. We went to an Elite Eight. It's a tough place to win consistently, but I like what Earl's doing early. I, I think Miami has some pieces that can help them. Isaiah Wong, to me, you know, is, is tremendous. So, I think he's a guy you can really rely on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they, uh, they gave us a lot of fits last year. I can promise you that. Uh, that's the, that's the one game I feel like we would play and, um, and Wong would just, he would just go off. I think he had yeah. 20 plus on us both games. Maybe even, I don't, I don't know if we saw him in the ACC tournament. We might've played him three times. So uh, that's one of those that they always kind of gave us a matchup problem. So I wouldn't be, be surprised to see them creep as well. So if you had to take one right now, Obviously, we've seen Duke play a game. If you had to take one right now to win the ACC, who you got? I'm going to go with the surprise here. Okay. If you got, I'm going to give you a bold. I'm going to give you a, you know, something yeah. hot take, as we like to say. This is what I like. Don't be shocked if Virginia Tech is there at the end. Okay. I, I, hey, I like that. I, I Listen. I, this program, this program has continued. Buzz left. Mike Young took it over, started off. They, 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 all they do is win. Keve Aluma, maybe the best player in the ACC, maybe the best mm -hmm. player in the ACC. Not the most talented. He may be the most productive player in the ACC. They got shooters all around. They play a, a style that's hard to, to play against in terms of they space it, they shoot it, they have a post presence, they have bigs who can shoot it. Um, I like Mike Young's team very much this year. All right. Hey, see, that's what – those are the ones I like. I tell everybody uh, – especially when you think there's an obvious one, I'm not going to pick the obvious one. I right, can guarantee right. you that. So now we're going to move on to not, not necessarily the team play of it. Who is your sleeper player in the ACC? If you had, if you had to take one guy that nobody's really talking about this kid, he works his tail off. He's going to get better at the end of the season. Don't be surprised if he's an all ACC or all ACC second team selection. If you had one guy, who would it be? Kevin Luma. I, I'm telling you, I think he, I think he has a chance to be the player of the year. Yep. Well, if, if he, I can tell you this, if he becomes player of the year, I would be, they're going to be one, two at the end of the year up in the ACC. I can yeah. promise you Paulo that. Paulo Bancaro is, is the favorite. There's no question about it. Um, you know, Caleb Love is obviously a guy who's really talented at North mm -hmm. Carolina, but Keve Aluma, any coach in the ACC would take him, start him and go to him as much yeah. as they can. I mean, he's got great versatility, Scott, in terms of steps up and shoots it, footwork and hands inside. Uh, he's well-conditioned this year. He yep. gets to the free throw line. He's, he's consistent on the glass. 
got a high IQ. I, I like everything yeah. about him. Well, hey, that's a good pick. So now a lot of my NC State fans won't, you know, they won't like me for necessarily asking this question, but we're going to talk right. about a little bit of Duke and Carolina. So obviously Duke, Coach K, this is this is last year, well-known. Coach Williams was was out, so we got a little turnover there. Talk about, you know, the transition that is going to happen. Obviously Duke's going to happen in a year. Carolina's currently going through it. So let's kind of start with Carolina since they're already going through it. Do you see, you know, Coach Davis, do you see him implementing a lot of stuff that came from Coach Williams, or do you see him really kind of changing the program and putting his stamp on it? A little bit of both. Okay. I think when you played at North Carolina like he did, and then obviously he spent all those years in the NBA, and then as an analyst with ESPN, but then back as an assistant coach right after a player, there's going to be things that he implements that Dean Smith did, that Roy Williams did. Uh, but he's definitely going to put his own touch on it, uh, talking to their staff. Uh, you may not see so much three out, two in with the mm -hmm. two bigs as yep. traditional. You probably see more four out, one in. You could see some five out at times. So I think, I think Hubert's going to put his own spin on things. Just in recruiting, Scott, uh, their class next year is tremendous. Yep. And I noticed that it's really skilled. In the past, it's been extremely athletic yeah. trying to get you know athletes at, at different positions with skill bigs that can score inside the bigs were always a premium right in recruiting for north carolina uh, but next year's recruiting class has some really good shooters and some really good skilled guys whether they're six nine or whether they're in the backcourt so i see the change already in north carolina skill and shooting by hubert davis more of the premium yeah well that's one of the things i i, I feel like i get this this question a lot it's because nc state one fans want to know can they take advantage like can they become you know the cream of the crop in the area and i'm trying to tell them i'm like look carolina is still going to be carolina you know duke is still going to be duke i get there's a change there but it's it still holds that name and it's still going to be a big time program so now we're going to go to duke i get where we're a year away but that transition has kind of already started with you know probably if i had to guess you know coach k has given shire a lot of you know you know, hands-on to, to really learn almost like a, not an internship because he's been there, but almost like an in, like he's going to be the intern this year and really groom him to kind of take this program. Kind of talk about that change. And it's kind of the same question. You know, what do you see, you know, John Shire doing that's a little bit different than Coach K? Will he put a different spin or do you think expect it to be kind of very similar? Well, anytime you go for an assistant coach to a head coach, I mean, this change is all around. Yeah. Uh, even with Hubert Davis, this being his first year coaching the team, I, I see Hubert and John Shire as excellent basketball minds, yep. guys that can coach the game, they can teach the game. I've been in both practices with those guys as assistants. They know the game inside and out. It's, it's never knowing the game or maybe the strategy in the game or conducting, conducting a practice. It's more so, okay, can you be a good recruiting head coach as you were a great assistant coach? Yeah. How do you man? How do you manage the players now? The egos. You go from the buffer, right to the hammer. Yeah. <laughs> you, you change your your personality. You have to change. Uh, how do you manage the locker room? How do you manage the expectations outside? How do you manage the alumni? How do you deal with the media? As an yeah. assistant coach, you know you're you're the best friends with the media because there's that relationship there. Yeah. Now you become the you know the final voice on everything. Does that relationship still stay kind of warm and, and respectful, or does it become distant? Uh, a lot of things you have to do as a head coach, and 
your personality is important, how you treat people, how you talk to people. And I think that's going to be just the biggest adjustment is how they use their voice as head coaches and having a great staff around them is huge because you're going to make mistakes. There's going to be a learning curve. And I see both staffs, obviously just, you know, really strong, obviously Carolina, you brought Jeff Lebo back, former head coach, great players, John May elevated at Duke. They've got the same background, right? They got the guys that have played there now have been assistants for a long time. Nolan Smith, Chris Carrowell, so uh, strong staffs around a new head coach is very important. Uh, and that's uh, that's one of the things I say all the time. It's it's not about you know being the smartest person in the room, but if you got a bunch of guys around you that are even smarter, it's it's going to make you that much better. Bobby Lutz was one of them for me. I was lucky to be with Bobby. He's one of the smartest basketball people I've ever been around. Just sitting down, breaking game film. I'm I'm not the most athletically gifted. I'm not, and I'm not a great defensive player, but I guarantee you. When I got in the game, if they said fist up, I knew exactly what my guy wanted to do. So uh, it's like you said, the, the, the staff around him is going to be big as well because it's, it's really going to help them be successful, not only recruiting, but from a strategy standpoint. So yeah, let's kind of get on, yeah. get, get into the, to the NC State team a little bit. Um, obviously, some news with Manny uh, is, is, is lingering a little bit. Yep, go pack. Uh, so let's kind of talk about that. What does NC State need to do? to continue to take a step forward with Coach Keats? Well, this year, I mean, they're, they're really guard heavy mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're guard strong, yep. uh, especially without Bates. I thought Bates brought them the balance between the outside game and the inside game. Yep. Now, you know, knowing Kevin Keats the way I do, um, I know how much he feels for Manny Bates. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, he's got, you know, 12 other guys in the locker room that are looking for his leadership to say, okay, how are we going to move on without Manny? Yeah. You know, the style of play won't change. I don't think Kevin's going to change his style of play, but he'll, he'll tweak his style of play and having, you know, a guard heavy team, he's going to have to rely on them. Maybe whether it's to speed up the game even more than he would yeah. like to, uh, his scoring has to come from the perimeter. His perimeter defense, Scotty, as, as you mentioned about your defense, um, sometimes, you know, a suspect, I'll, I'll be honest yeah. with you, but great shooter and high basketball IQ and a tough young man you were. Um, <laughs> you know, you have to have strong perimeter defense if you don't have that shot blocker. Yeah. And without Manny in the back, if you allow dribble penetration, you know, no protection at the rim, it, it can hurt you you in in the big games at all games really so i think they're going to have to be tighter defensively in the half court maybe try to speed up some things full court with their guard play because they do have six good guards and and tarquavian smith you know the country doesn't know who he is i know who he is you know and when i do our top 100 every year he made the espn top 100 that means out of a thousand division one players yeah that were going to college this year you know, he made that list of 100. That's really yep. good. Yep. The jump shot is as good as you've seen it the other night. It's been that way for a long time. Really kind of an electric type player. But yep. what I love about him, and you had this as a shooter, Scotty, he launches it. He thinks it's going in. It's even more than thinking. He believes it's going in. Yep. He's disappointed when it doesn't go in. And the next time he's open, just like great shooters like yourself, great shooters, what do you do the next time you're open if you've missed five in a row? Let it go. See you high, let, let it, it go. <laughs> this kid has supreme confidence. He has a quick release. He has great range. He's going to be a threat, you know, for state all season long, which yeah. opens up driving lines and, you know, maybe some post play. But 
So they're going to have to rely on their guards more so than they originally thought. Uh, stay together in terms of the mindset. You can't mm-hmm. let one player dictate how you're going to approach yeah. the season. And that's going to come from Kevin. He's got a great staff as well. James Johnson, a former head coach of Virginia Tech, uh, so supportive and so, so positive around him all the time. Yeah. Th- this team can do well. It can surprise people because of Bates not being you know, there. Yeah. Uh, but they're going to have to tweak their style of play gonna have to shoot it well yeah i'm gonna have to shoot it well you hate to rely on shooting all the time to win but i think the jump shot for them is going to be important mm-hmm. and their perimeter defense and the backboard they're going to have to really rebound collectively now you know manny would get rebounds manny would block shots manny would make up for a lot of yeah. mistakes or maybe maybe a lack of effort at times and then he was a guy you could throw it to on the offensive end he's getting better right he was getting yep. better inside with his low post game so now that may not be around, you know, so you have to play to the strength of your team. And I, I think Kevin will do that. But rebounding and perimeter defense, huge. And then the jump shot, creating good shots and shooting a good percentage. For sure. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of like you said, I think Chiquavion is going to be that guy that uh, he definitely does not lack confidence. I can promise you that. <laughs> but he's going to be the one that I think a lot of people are going to kind of see really develop and really take off with his game. Uh, obviously, with with Manny possibly being out obviously the timetable is still being figured out um you also have that confidence that he's behind you that can block a shot or alter a shot it's, it's going to be a little different maybe you know you mentioned speeding up you know defenses maybe in the half court maybe we're trying to you know just keep a man in front of us a little bit more not gambling as much on defense because you know he's not back there so not give right. up as many easy ones so it definitely will be a change but it will be i mean next man up uh, Jalen Gibson and Ebenezer are two bigs that are still kind of developing, but they're going to, they're going to get thrown in the fire and they're going to have to figure some things out. So, uh, you know, I can't, I got, I can't let you go without asking about coach Majerus. You know, I've, I got some great stories. I've never, I've never. So I went to my visit in St. Louis and I've never had, you know, anybody really like guide me or like try to change something on my shot. And never on a visit have I had, I was in, I don't know what I was in jeans or like cargo pants or something. And he gets the ball and we go out there and he says, Hey, let's shoot a little bit. And he put me through a little drill that Reggie Miller used to do. Yeah. Um, The Reggie Miller, the three point shooting drill. Yep. And so, so I'm shooting and, and he, he actually, to this day, I still use it. So he noticed I was just had a little hitch in my shot and and I would, when I'd catch it, I'd drop. And he's like, no, you just want to catch. You kind of want to go up. And, and, you know, he made a couple of critiques that to this day have kind of stood with me. And I've never had a coach, you know, do that because, you know, I, I shoot at a high clip and they just didn't want to mess with it. And he, 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 you know, saw it, offered advice. And I was really appreciative of it, especially, you know, looking on, back on my career that nobody really did it. So kind of talk about Coach Majerus and, and maybe something that you've learned, a cool story about him uh, and just kind of what he meant on, on you as a, as a coach. Well, first of all, I know you ate well on the visit. <laughs> Two tenderloins, the ice house in Marion, Indiana. He, he comes to Marion, Indiana. He orders a tenderloin, and they're looking at him, and he's like, no, I want two. I want two. <laughs> and we're kind of looking around like, oh, this is awesome. Like, he was he was just – I mean, he was just awesome to be around. But but go ahead. Hey, I mean, we don't have enough time, really. He's, he was <laughs> an iconic coach at the time, uh, came from Utah, obviously, and – put that program on the national map. They got to the championship game in 98 against Kentucky. 
Yeah. Uh, then he spent some time at ESPN and, and then over to St. Louis where he resurrected the program, five yeah. straight NCAA tournaments, a sweet 16. Uh, but what I learned from him as a coach uh, is almost endless. The man, man's brilliant, a brilliant yeah. teacher when it comes to basketball. There's so many things. But one thing that really stood out uh, in my first year there, when we do our coaching meetings, right, usually go to a hotel, you get yeah. a boardroom, you get a big greased board. Uh, you know, you go to a place where you're going to get some work done, right? Yeah. Um, so he says, we're going to do the, um, the coaches meeting this year. We're going to do it in Milwaukee. It's like, okay, he's probably got a place in Milwaukee for us, right? Because that's where yeah. he lives. So he says, I want you to meet us at this address. So we all show up at the address. It's an outdoor playground, cement in <laughs> Milwaukee. Two miles from his house. Okay. I said, all right, coach, where are we going? He goes, we're here. We're doing it right here. Picnic tables, cement basketball court, chain nets, and we sit on the picnic table, the, the benches, and we got our note paper, and he's talking, and we're writing notes. Then we walked onto the court. This is in September, and walked through our offensive concepts, our offensive plays, our baseline. We walked through everything. <laughs> Had a lunch break, as, of course, we went Italian. Yeah. Then we went back for the afternoon until the sun went down. We talked basketball outdoors for eight hours. We walked through things. I'm walking through zone offense, and there are like weeds coming up through the cracks yeah. of the outdoor basketball court. It was so cool. And at first, I'm like, what are we doing out here? And then, it's, then there's other people playing at the court next to us. Yeah. And it was, it was almost like a Hoosiers. It was, it was so... It was just so surreal to be outdoors at a basketball court in Milwaukee with Rick Majerus talking what we're going to do this season at St. Louis. Uh, and it's, it's one of the great memories I'll always have. Well, I mean, it's also, I mean, it just brings you back to, you know, why you fell in love with the game. You know, you were a kid yeah. going to something like that. And it just, I mean, that'd be, uh, you know, awesome to just be there and obviously be able to pick his brain. I was, you know, one of the lucky people to kind of be recruited and get to know him. Cause uh, that's one thing he was a special coach and, uh, one of the best, that's for sure. Yeah, so, great teacher, great teacher of the game, Scotty. Um, in, in my eyes, brilliant. Had no slippage in anything that he did. Everything was important. And he, yeah. he wasn't just a great teacher. He emphasized uh, the things that he felt that were important. And that's why his teams displayed those characteristics on the court. No doubt, no doubt. All right, so the next the next segment, we got it. I call it the starting five, okay? This is the last thing we got. Just five questions. They're, they're, they're pretty laid back, um, so just, just answer them however you want. So this yeah. is brought to you by Reef Ivy at Dogwood Properties. Need a local real estate agent? As we all know, the real estate market is crazy right now. Maybe you have questions, or maybe you just need an honest opinion from a trusted real estate professional to ensure your best interest is protected. Whether you're buying, selling, or investing, call Reef Ivy at Dogwood Properties. For a seamless home buying or selling experience, give Reef Ivy a call. His personal cell number is 919-995-3111. Again, that's 919-995-3111. So for any of your home buying needs, give him a call. He's a good friend of mine. He's also an NC State graduate. So please, please hit him up. All right. So the first question, your favorite arena to broadcast or coach in? Great question. To broadcast or coach in? Whatever. That's a little like okay. one, that you just, 
Hinkle Fieldhouse, easy. <laughs> well, Love it there. Love that's it a there. that's a good one to pick. That all my my Indiana, you know, my Tyler, Tyler Lewis will appreciate that one. So uh, yeah, yeah. That, that's a good one to pick. I remember that when I went there, um, Coach Stevens was there, so I was still getting recruited when Coach Stevens was there, and it's just a, it's a different feeling there, especially when you yeah. you grow up being a Hoosier. It's just it's it's a different feel, that's for sure. So good answer. Dinner with any two people alive or dead any two people who would you take any two people any robert two. de niro al pacino <laughs> robert De you so that's one of the first uh, i get a lot of family and i get a lot of like athletic so that's the first one that i haven't got that are you know basketball related or or like family members so i can i really do appreciate that one that's a good one so best advice you've ever received and by who Real simple advice by the most important person in my life, my mom. Mm -hmm. Everything in moderation, even moderation. <laughs> That's awesome. See, I love, see, I love these questions too because I'll, I'll, especially a lot of these quotes and advice, I'm, I'm going to take and implement in my everyday. So I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit wiser as well. So, NC State prediction: What number they'll finish in the ACC? In light of the Manny Bates situation, I'm going to say they'll be eighth. Eighth? Okay, that's fine. I'm biased, so I'm I'm going to go uh, I'm going to go seventh. So I think they'll they'll be one ahead one ahead of what everybody else will think. But uh, <laughs> hopefully hopefully they creep up into the bottom. That's where I want them to be. So this one's a big I, one for me because obviously broadcasting is something that I've always kind of been interested in, as well as coaching. I mean, coaching is is you know one of those things that I can help kids everything that I've learned, give back. So broadcasting versus coaching. If you had to do one, which one would you want to do? Coaching. That, that, that one's easy because that's what I always wanted to do. And I did it for a long, long time. And I got to the level that I wanted to get to and the position at Wright State. And then obviously yep. coaching at Ohio State, Boston College. So coaching is, is the love. It's what kind of goes through the veins. Yeah, but I really enjoy my position at ESPN has been a dream because yeah. I, I got the high school game rankings, recruiting mm -hmm. and TV games for high school. I get to meet and interview Scotty, the best players in the world. Yeah. And then I get a chance to do games on the ACC network and for ESPN and the college game. So I, I've got the best of both worlds, as players like to say today, you know, I've got versatility. Yes, that's for sure. So what's it going to take? Who's. What's it going to take to get you out of the, the broadcasting seat and over to come coach? What's it going to take? If NC State calls, is that good? Is, is NC State a spot you'd be interested in coming in? Because I could tell you one thing. You've got the recruiting side down. That's a guarantee. You've been in the weeds with the recruiting. So you'd be a great person to add on staff, especially just from, from solely just a recruiting standpoint. So what's it well, going to take? I'll, I'll, it's going to take you being my agent. You make the call. <laughs> You get 10% and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. It, but in coaching, it's really important. You know, a lot of guys, when they're younger, they'll take any job. They want to climb the ranks. I understand that it's, yep. it's important to move on in your profession, but in coaching, I advise a lot of coaches this that are thinking about leaving jobs or going with other people. It's not where you are. It's who you're with. Yep. So if you're with people that you respect, as a person and someone you respect that they can get the job done, that's yeah. who you go with, whether it's you're, you're a head coach and you're looking at an athletic director and a yeah. president and you feel comfortable with those folks, 
or you're an assistant coach going to work for a head coach. You know, it's not about low major, mid major, high major. It's not where you are. It's who you're with. Because if you're with good people and good is a vague relative term, but good yeah. off the court and good at what they do, they're going to get to the highest level. Yeah. Same thing with, uh, with when I was a professional athlete, I learned early on in my career that when I was surrounded by, you know, good people, not necessarily good players, good people, good coaches, you were a lot more successful and it was a lot more joy to be around than, you know, yeah. just playing for the paycheck. So. Cause you got to think of the bad days, Scott, you got to think of the days that you're not going to win or you're going to have losing streaks or bad seasons. Are those people going to be loyal to you? Are those people you can still trust? Are you still going to stay together as a group? Or are you going to splinter? Those are the important factors when it comes to uh, not just where you're going to coach, but who you're going to be with. For sure. For sure. So that concludes it, man. I, I really do appreciate it. Um, all my NC State fans, I know we got a game coming up here soon, and there'll be a couple more, so we'll touch on those on the, on the next podcast. But, Coach, obviously, it's good to see your face again. Uh, now that you're kind of in the Carolina area, we'll definitely link up and grab lunch soon. I'd love to do that. All right, so this concludes, you know, Scott Woods, one man, Wolf Pack, Go Pack. <laughs> <laughs>